This podcast is sponsored by Position Green. To be an insider, you can subscribe to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable, wherever you get your podcasts from. And please leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education is important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. It is another edition of the Green Insider powered by eRenewable. My name is Greg Frank. We're going to get to our podcast guest, Mr. Ken Robinson, in just a minute. But before we get to our interview with Ken, we always like to check in with eRenewable COO and Niemer and has a few words for us to get us started. Position Green helps companies build resilient and sustainable organizations. Position Green has a unique combination of ESG software, advisory, e-learning, and assurance that drives sustainability success and empowers positive change. Visit positiongreen.com to learn more. And we welcome you into episode 198 of the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable alongside Mike Niemer. My name is Greg Frank. As we get set to record another episode, uh, Mike, it's been a little bit of a topsy-turvy ride the last couple of months, I feel like. Some months were busy, other months not as much, and now I'm um, seeing you today here in the middle of August, but not seeing you for a couple weeks after this. So such is life when you're booking guests, whether it be for my job in, in radio or for you doing this podcast, it's just uh, you, you just have to make sure you can make it all fit. And then you do all that in the summer, and it becomes more topsy-turvy because everybody's summer schedule and vacations are crazy. I think July was unique to us because we did have four guests actually come in studio, and that's kind of the first time we've had a run of four in a row. Uh, We welcome today's guest in, Mr. Ken Robinson, and uh, we're looking forward to having a good show. And I know Ken has always been educational when he talks to people, whether it's at a conference or on a podcast. He was back on episode 22 of the Green Insider in February of 2021, right before the uh, storm Uri hit the hit Uricot. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing what he's got going on at NG and how they've progressed in the renewable and sustainable markets. So as Mike said, his name is Ken Robinson, the president at NG Energy Marketing. Ken, good to have you aboard. How are you? All right. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So give us a little intel into your background and kind of what drove you to the renewable and sustainability space. Okay, so maybe first of all, my role, I oversee the U.S. for what uh, we call trading and origination, uh, which includes power, gas, LNG. How I got into it, I joined NG about seven, eight years ago, and NG has a very strong ambition on being green. So obviously I support that, and um, that's, that's how I got into it, and I think it's, it's what's needed given what's going on in climate. Um, I'm there for the energy transition. It's important that we, we focus on this area. Well, you know, Ken, last time you were on, we did talk about the energy transition quite a bit. So why don't we just pick up there and lots happened in that transition in the last two years, not just globally, but also here in Houston. So give us some of your experiences and how you've seen that progression over two years. Uh, is there a specific area? Because there's been a lot of transition. Would it be power, I'm, gas, certified gas? I'm going to let you pick it. You pick it. Well, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll speak about certified gas or what I've talked about before, responsibly sourced gas. It's one and the same. Two, two and a half years ago, it all started. Uh, here in the last, let's say, year or so, that market's picked up quite significantly. It's um, now 
certified gas is probably 27, 30% of U.S. production. When we started this a couple of years ago, it was close to zero, so it's, it's definitely made um, a big jump, and it'll, it'll continue. On power, um, a lot going on in power. The Inflation Reduction Act is going to be changing things for uh, wind, solar, batteries. So there's a, a lot going on right now, but it, it'll get more exciting in the future. If we go back to the certified gas, uh, I'm sure now, back when we talked before, certified gas or responsibly sourced gas back then as it was known, we didn't really see it on the gas LDC forum tours or and everything else. But now, everywhere you go, people are talking about it, and it is picking up speed. And uh, it's kind of impressive that it is up to 20 25% of all natural gas being certified now. You know, it's 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 really um, a credit to the producers. There, you know, we started out with a few, and more and more have come on, and that's what's really making up that number. Uh, the consumer side, it started a bit slower. It was a little easier to get the producers on board, but consumers are starting to come around. Um, they understand the impact, um, and and so that's an area that we'd like to see more growth in. We 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 feel like we've got enough on the producers. We need more, but it's the consumer side that still lags a bit and continued focus. I'm just curious a little bit more about the company and the mechanics of NG and just some of the stuff that you guys do, what what the mission is within the company and you know how big is it? Just tell us some of the basics on NG. Well, NG um, is a global company, um, predominantly in Europe. They're like number one, number two in gas and power in Europe. Uh, in the U.S., not as big. They're also in Asia. They're probably in about 20 countries overall. 40 to, you know, stretching it a bit, but really 20 is the major um, countries. And, and again, they do power, they do natural gas, they do LNG. Um, they're really, they want to be one of the leaders, if not the leader in the energy transition. Very bold company on their aspirations. Um, it's, it's, it can be quite challenging to, to be bold in a, in a market that uh, hasn't quite fully adopted to uh, the green or the green ambition, but uh, most companies are starting to move that way. That has to be part of their DNA now because they, um, they're being looked at by uh, shareholders, consumers. And so, um, you know, Engie's doing, doing a lot in that area. I can probably spend a whole, whole day speaking about what they're doing, but um, renewable natural gas, renewable power, um, LNG. LNG's become even more important with the Ukraine-Russia war. Um, most companies in Europe, like ourselves, um, basically cut off the Russian gas, and so they have to replace it uh, with LNG. So a lot going on in that, that area, a lot going on in the U.S. to supply LNG to, to European markets. You touched on the importance of the energy transition within NG, and I know that earlier you said that that's something on a personal level for you matters a lot. So was that kind of what made it a natural match for you to kind of fit in with NG the way you have? Um, you know, it, you adapt. You adapt. You, you can see that the market is moving that direction. You can see what they're doing around incentives, subsidies, and such. Um, and you can see, you know, what the potential impact is going to be on the environment, uh, or at least that's what we're told what's going to happen. And so it's just a natural transition going from, you know, call it brown power gas into, into green. Um, and there, it's, you know, a lot is moving in that direction as far as um, jobs technology, a lot's, a lot's going on on there. It's, it's kind of the place you want to be where it's growing. You want to you continue to grow with that, and we see a lot of op optimism in that area. Well, you know, when I have uh, 
young people getting ready to enter college that I'm talking to are early freshmen or sophomores, and they say, well, if you were now starting your career over in energy, would you be in oil and gas like you were originally, which I was for 40 years? I said, no. I go straight into the renewable, sustainable sector. That's the growth of the future. The climate depends on it. That's, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to my son, and uh, he was working at a big producer, and he asked me the same question, what do I need to do? I said, you really need to get into this space of green, whether it be power or gas. Um, that's where your career is going to, you know, because he's 30 years old, he, he's going to be around a while in his career, and so that's the area you need to be in and grow. That's what's growing. It's not that gas and oil is, um, is dead. It's just it's part of a transition, and it, it will change. And I think you'll see more positive movement in the renewable side. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, uh, when you were a- answering Greg's last question, you brought up LNG. I want to spend a little bit more time okay. on LNG. But before we do that, uh, for the listeners that weren't around when we talked about responsibly sourced gas and now certified gas, let's educate them a little bit about what we're referring to when we say certified gas. Tell them what that means. That's, that's a great Great question, because I think that creates confusion sometimes. Um, the term responsibly sourced gas was used by a company that we partner with called Project Canary for the most part. Um, and then as you started to get more and more producers and others coming on, they didn't like the word responsibly. If they're not doing it, does that mean I'm irresponsible? And so we've tried to coin a new term, certified gas, in order to kind of replace that responsible. That's the only reason. So really, they're the same. It's just certified um, doesn't use the word responsible because it's, it was a word that was um, not exactly in agreement with some people. Gotcha. And so for it to become certified, it all has to do with the level of methane that that well is producing. Is that correct? It, it's actually more than that. It's, methane is the major part. It's the amount of emissions on methane. But then you've got the water attributes, you know, especially now you look at Texas or in drought and other areas, they look at how much water is being used. Is it reused? Is there enough water? Is it affecting the environment? So that's another area that we look at that's certified. Uh, the social impact, other GHT gases, but social, meaning what, what is it doing to the local community? Um, if it's, you know, harmful, you know, they, they would get a negative mark. So they go through and they score all these, and, again, it's methane, water, social. Well, uh, thank you for catching us back up to what that is and telling the new listeners what yeah. it really means. And so that is important. But now we'll jump forward to my question on LNG. Let's talk more about LNG and uh, go a little deeper into how what's going on between Russia and Ukraine affected the market, not only there and in Europe, but how that trickled down and also affected our markets. Yeah. Well, you're starting to see a lot of expansions in these LNG developers, these trains, what they call them, that are providing LNG, a lot of growth in that area um, because they're going to have to be providing more LNG, more natural gas from the United States into Europe, into Asia, but predominantly into Europe is where the focus is because of the Ukraine-Russia war. Uh, One other aspect, at least from an energy standpoint, is – using certified gas. We want to use certified gas as the source or supply for LNG. We don't want to just because we need the LNG that we're going to use just whatever. You know, so our company is very focused on, on uh, making sure that it's um, certified. Um, and I'm, I don't know if everybody's doing that, but I think that's where that, that's where the momentum will start to go. But we, we definitely, that's a focus for NG. You talk about that focus point, and I'm just curious from a communication standpoint, because it is such a big company, as you said, like, 
What's it like for you on a day-to-day basis? Who are you communicating with to kind of ensure that the goals that you can control that are a part of your kind of day-to-day life are, are getting accomplished? Well, you know, in our company, at least in the, the trading and origination, what we call global energy management and sales, um, the tone starts at the top as far as ambitions. It actually starts at NG, and then, and then um, the energy trading and origination has their ambitions. And then we all, in, in the different countries, um, there's eight global offices for, for um, global energy management. We have our own. What we can do in the U.S., in the U.S. is a bit different because of the, um, again, the Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA. It's changing. Um, it's, it's much more subsidized or, or tax incentivized. So our ambitions are a little bit different as far as the growth potential in the U.S. There's a, a view that the U.S. can really take off with this. Europe, obviously, um, they've been doing it a while. Um, culturally, I think that they've renewables is something that they've um, aligned with more than what the U.S. has in the mm-hmm. past. But yeah. it's changing. What are some of the challenges there in terms of, like, the different, like, continental – like progress, I guess, for lack of a better term, in terms of how you talk about Europe, maybe a little bit further down the line than the United States. So how does that company-wide mesh? Um, you know, th- 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 there's a, a biased bias in Europe around shale gas, gas in general, that we had to help show that, you know, that not all producers are the same, not all gas is the same. And that's why the certified gas topic came up, because it showed them, my company, as well as others, that it, it can be, I'll, I'll use the term responsibly sourced, even though we call it certified, but, you know, it it can be done. It reduces the methane emissions. It, it lowers the overall carbon footprint. But, um, you know, it, it's different in different geographies. But for the U.S., um, because of the Inflation Reduction Act, because of what we're doing around certified, um, it helped that on that bias to show that maybe it's – and we've shown that the methane emissions are much lower um, for these producers who certify than what they even thought in Europe. So it's, it's, um, it's helpful to, to, to show that we've progressed. Shale's not all that bad. Um, and it really comes down to the companies that are doing it, the producers that are doing it. It's up to them to be um, – you know, have integrity in what they're doing around certified gas. And again, like I said earlier, you're seeing this great momentum um, up to 30% now. We think it'll be more. It'll just continue. More and more are doing it. It takes time to do it. Well, you know, uh, another topic that is, uh, you hear, there's a lot of buzz about now. It's called carbon sequestration. Exactly. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> what are you all doing in that space? Um, we're trying to do a lot in that space. Um, you know, we're um, being a trading company. We're not a producer. We're not a consumer. We're kind of in the middle. Um, we partnered. It came out back in I believe, November last year with a producer and Project Canary. To um, They're going to build these. This producer is going to build these sequestration wells. Basically, what it does is it takes the um, carbon that um, is ex- through the extraction and gathering process, they take that carbon and they inject it in these sequestration wells. They drill these wells and they inject the carbon in there, they seal it. And so we partnered with them to do what's called the attribute or the credit. So if you're familiar with power, what they use for RECs, which basically um, identifies the source and gives you comfort that you know you are getting green power, it's the same thing with uh, carbon sequestration. You get a certification or a certificate um, that this is legitimately in, injected in the ground, it's measured, monitored, and you can show how much the carbon reduction is by injecting in the ground. So um, we, as NG, are marketing this new product, and it's new. 
It's emerging. It's not an actively traded market. Uh, but we're working with um, this producer as well as Project Canary who do the measure and monitoring. And that our role is to help develop that market. And that's something that's new. Uh, on that new market, does that certificate have a specific name? Not yet. You know, it's right now, it's still emerging. Um, you have to basically get it certified by the uh, La Vera or an ACR, American Carbon Registry, the methodology. And once you get that, then it's, it's call it whatever we call it, carbon sequestration, but um, credits. But they, they, will, they will need to do that so it becomes certified, basically, the methodology and the process. We as NG also had to go in and become certified as someone who could um, basically use these instruments um, as well as RNG and other things we have to, to ensure that we have the integrity at our company. So it's, it's certification at the product level making, and it's also certification making sure a company like us is capable of doing it. Well, you know, uh, we see more and more public companies uh, focusing more on their ESG, focusing more on their sustainability. You all have to put, you know, if they're a public company, they got to put them out in their annual reports. They have to name something. So hats off to you guys for doing everything you're trying to do to do the right thing. Yeah. Now, that's one thing I'm proud of, NG. They're bold. They, they put their neck out there sometimes doing new things that others haven't done yet. Um, I, I do believe that they're one of the leaders of the energy transition and, and their boldness, their creativity, and they're sticking to what they believe and not just varying just to make money. You know, we have three areas that we focus on in our company. It's the planet or the environment, profitability, and people. And we look at those, what we call the three Ps, and we ensure that there's the right balance. Now, if we go and do something that makes a lot of money, but it's um, unsafe, let's say, for the, the planet or the environment, we won't do it. Um, we try to make sure that we balance on all those. And profitability obviously is important for a company like us. People are important, the impact, but the planets. Also. So we, we look at all three of those different uh, metrics. Okay, and last one for me, just uh, in terms of your, your goals the next short-term and long-term, next 12 months, and then you know longer-term, next four or five years, just uh, you talk about those three Ps and making sure that you can check all those boxes. What are some things that you're hoping to accomplish, as I said, short-term and long-term, to kind of uh, move, the, move the company forward? Well, there's probably a number of things, and I'll try to be quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's um, green power. I mean, the Inflation Reduction Act um, is going to help escalate that. There's uh, what we haven't talked about. There's renewable natural gas or RNG. We're actively been in that market, or trying to be that market in nine months. It's it's still an emerging market, um, but you've seen a lot of acquisitions occur in the U.S. So that's that's a market that we want to be in. Um, we continue on the certified gas, especially as it relates to LNG. Um, another point is, you know, I want us to be an energy company and a digital technology company. I don't, so we're, we're, we're looking at data scientists, data engineers, data architects, data managers, and data will be the key to having better insight into making decisions as well as automation. Um, AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning is very key for making better decisions, faster decisions. How do we forecast? That's an area that we've, we're investing heavily on. Um, I'll stop there. That's probably, <laughs> that's probably enough for you yeah. to take. Well, I want to, uh, as we head toward, as we wind this show down, I want to talk a little bit about in your first episode, in episode 22 with us, we, you talked, I asked you to talk about U.S. versus Europe. Yeah. And you, you went into it and said, you know, we're going the right direction in the U.S., so on and so forth. Let's 
give it, give the listeners an update on what you're now seeing U.S. versus Europe. And and two years ago, you also said there's more emphasis in Europe on being renewable. Yep. Where do we stand now? I mean, I still believe that's the case. That's that's something that's been ingrained in years. You know, we're, we're, our parent company is European, so i got to be careful not to do U.S. versus Europe. But um, U.S. is further along around the certified gas, making sure that, um, you know, again, the four areas I talked about. Europe, it's it's still working on that. you got to be have people who can measure it, monitor it, and um, th- they're still working on it. But there's a lot of energy in that area to move towards something similar to what we're doing in the U.S., uh, and it's it, it's not just the producers either. We're looking at the whole value chain, the gathering, moving across the pipes, the the methane emission in the pipes, the LNG terminals, the utilities that are burning the gas to turn into power. That's still to be done, and nobody's got um, you know has it all done yet. It's really more the producer segment that's the furthest along. So, Europe, U.S. have the same same challenge in trying to get the full value chain. It's it's not just the source or the production. Well, that makes perfect sense. And the last one for me is, you know, we've had some crazy weather across the entire United States. And so I want to know, how is that weather? Has that affected the energy mission in the direction you're going? And also, how has that also affected the market? Well, it hasn't affected the the, uh, mission of energy. We're still doing what we want to do. it's main, you know, the, the weather um, is mainly hit in the south and mainly in Texas. We've had some weather in the northeast, some in, some in the southeast, but I'll, I'm going to focus on Texas because that's really where this heat dome has been. It seems like two months now, if not longer. Yeah. Um, it's hot every day. I, I will say that the grid has been stable. I think ERCOT's done a great job. Um, renewables have played their part, both solar and wind. We haven't really had much where the wind has fallen off, and obviously with the sun out, solar is doing well. So, the, and, and, and they've kept it stable, um, the ERCOT has, um, gas production as well, um, or gas-fired assets. It, it, um, we saw a little hiccup last week when we had some outages, but, you know, it's been um, given we're probably the second hottest summer, 2011 being the hottest, it's, it's impressive that we haven't really seen the volatility, too much movement uh, going on in, in the markets, despite it being really hot. It's, it's impressive. All right. Well, good stuff, Ken. It was good to meet with you and chat here today. And Mike, I know I won't be seeing you in a little bit, so I'll miss you. But uh, we'll link up again, I'm sure. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. There he is, Ken Robinson, on episode 198 of The Green Insider, powered by E-Renewable. Alongside Mike Niemer, I'm Greg Frank. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and leave us a five-star rating because, as the saying goes, you learn something new every day, and we were responsible for today's lesson. Again, for Mike Niemer, I'm Greg Frank. That'll wrap things up on episode 198 of The Green Insider, powered by E-Renewable. We'll talk to you next time here on the podcast. This podcast was sponsored by Position Green. For an introduction to our sponsor or find out how you too could be a sponsor, refer to our show notes to contact E-Renewable and The Green Insider Podcast. 